Welcome to What's Your Ministry Podcast, an extension of McCoy Solutions University. I'm your host, Shamika The Real McCoy. I help business owners, entrepreneurs, and individual students use their God-given gifts and talents to serve in kingdom expansion. My prayer for you today is that you leave here equipped and empowered to combine your personal and professional life to speak one language ministry in the marketplace. Enjoy today's show. Hey, hey, hey. So today is a brand new day. Super excited to be here today. I have a special guest today, guys. I'm smiling so big. I'm trying to hold my cheese, but it's hard to do, guys. And today my special guest is my son, Nicodemus Jordan goes by Nico on the screen. You want to say hey to the audience, Nick? Afternoon, what's up, what's up? <laughs> Good afternoon, good morning, wherever you guys might be listening from on What's Your Ministry Podcast. It's just a super honor to sit here with my son. So guys, I'm going to try not to be too cheesy, but if I am... It is because the love of my life is on the screen with me. And so we're going to begin like we always begin, and that's a word of prayer. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to sit with my son today. Lord God, I pray that the words that have been planted in him and the seeds that has been planted in him become activated for the listeners that are listening and also the ones that are viewing today. I pray that you stir up every gift that's within him, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, as he speaks to his generation, as he shares things about his life, and about the path that you have placed them on. I pray that it is it is able to be a blessing to the ones that's receiving it. And Father God, I also pray for myself as I am speaking. I pray that you lead and guide this conversation today, Lord God, and just come in and have your way and free flow with it. Whatever we have on script, you are welcome to interrupt what I have written down or what I've pre-planned and premeditated, you're welcome to step in and have your way. We just bless your name and thank you for this opportunity. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Prayer is a powerful weapon. You believe so, son? I agree. Right, right. So everything that we do, you know, God commands us to pray. And so just to share a little bit with the audience today, you might be wondering, who is this Nicodemus M. Jordan? Goes by Nico. And so who he is, he is the son of myself, Shamika L. McCoy, and his father is Cornelius Jordan. He is 19 years old, currently living in Los Angeles, California, turn up for North Hollywood area, turn up, turn up for a little bit. He is a graduate. Oh my God. He's graduated from high school and he's in junior college right now. He is working full time, a healthy young man. And he's also a member of Faithful Central Bible Church, which is in Inglewood, California. We still have the same home church, guys. I've moved and transitioned to different places, but Faithful Central Bible Church is still our home church. And so today we're just going to get in a few topics. You know, I was speaking with my son not that long ago and I was like, babe, you will be a good guest on the podcast. And he was like, yeah, mom, I think so. And so one of the things that actually got us going was the, we're going to take it back a little bit. We're actually our natives from Shreveport, Louisiana. And my son attended school there at Word of God Ministries, which is Word of God Academy. And when he went in, tell us about your experience being in a Christian school, Nick. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What was that like? Well, uh, definitely it was a change to what I wanted <laughs> being a kid. I started off in public school from kindergarten to first grade. And then I remember... At the end of first grade, I was like, Mom, going back to Cleveland, going back to the public school. Now you go to private school now. 
And so uh, being in the Christian Academy, it honestly was a, was a proud to be able to say I was part of the first group of students that were ever there in that class. Because the first year I was there was the first year that that school was created. So that's, that's awesome to be able to say. Being there in the Christian Academy definitely is obviously different from public school because religion is ingrained into the, the school, into the classes, into into the lesson, into, into everything. And so we had different things like chapel, which was service on Wednesdays. Pastor would come in and preach. We had different discussions during classes about Bible, even reading the Bible. And we had Bible classes as well. So getting that whole Christian aspect while being in school as well was definitely a new spin on school. But it was, it was oh. interesting. Okay. Okay. Like I like the way you shared that you, it's interesting the things that you remember about the school. And one of the things that you shared with me that you remember is every time you walk in, there was a scripture that was on the wall. And I actually want to read that scripture today. And it's coming from Proverbs 22 and six. And in case you guys are wondering, I'm going to read from the Amplified version. And it's slightly different. The King James version says, train up a child in the way that he should go and grow. And when he is old, he shall not depart. But the Amplified shares a little bit different in the text. It says that start children off on the way that they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. And something else that I love, I use a life application Bible in case you guys are wondering, is that the Bible shares more information towards the bottom, the commentary. And it shared a little bit more about this particular passage that I wanted to read. And I got a good question for my son afterwards, guys. And it says that on the way they should go is literally according to his child's way. It is, a nat it is natural to want to bring up all our children alike or to train them the same way. This verse implies that parents should discern the individual and special strengths that God has given each one. While we should not condone or excuse self-will, each child has a natural inclination that parents can develop. By, by talking to teachers, other parents and grandparents, we can better discern and develop Develop the individual capabilities of each of each child. In this case, a few questions for unique is that this was speaking to parents to discern each one of the children, but you are the only child. And so can you share with us your experience from a, a Christian perspective? Also your experience from just a the only child experience. Share some nuggets or anything on that for topic topic as being the only child. What would you like to share with the audience today? What is that like? Oh man, being the only child definitely I can say is rare in a lot of cases, and it's very special. It was a very special experience. I definitely can say being the only child taught me everything about responsibility and about taking care of, of yourself, obviously, and, and becoming responsible pretty, pretty quickly. Not having any other siblings there with me in the household definitely just really, really pushed for that responsibility. I knew I didn't have people there my age in my household every day to be able to look out to or, or to look at me in terms of siblings. So that definitely pushed me a lot to, to become responsible quickly. In terms of religion and Christianity, obviously my mother, she was raised Pentecostal. And she decided, obviously, when she had me, that I'm not going to raise my son Pentecostal. But we definitely did. I do remember being a kid. We did go to a Pentecostal church from time to time, very briefly. I remember what it was like getting that experience from a Pentecostal church. And I realized as well that, yeah, I didn't want to be <laughs> raised Pentecostal like she did. So I'm glad I wasn't. My father, he was a Christian. And so, yeah, Christian was, was the main religion that I had growing up in. My grandparents, they're Christians. My whole family is, is practically Christian. So 
I definitely say thanks to my family for being a Christian is how I was raised and also still who I am today. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely thankful for that because, you know, being a Christian is everything. How can you say Christianity impacted your lifestyle? I mean, what was it? Do you have any specific stories or specific encounters or testimonies that you would like to share? How did that impact you growing up? Oh, okay. Well, definitely growing up, since your family, since my family was Christian and spending a lot of time at my grandparents' house, everything was was Christian pretty much. We would have conversations in Christian. I remember saying Christian. <laughs> we have conversations about Christianity. My grandfather, he he practically is a pastor, so he would give us many different stories and about the Bible and everything was just always revolving around Christianity. If he would give us a lesson. At the end of the day, he would give us the Christian aspect of the lesson, like, okay, this is what happened, and this is this is exactly what you do and what you don't do in Christianity. Can you give us one of those stories? Do you have any stories that you could share with the audience today that, like, really impact you? It carried a lot of weight that you took into your adulthood as a young man. Okay. Uh, under the Christian aspect, uh, I definitely say... They think of something really quick, really quick, really quick. Even if you felt like it was just a good life story, you know, what would you say that particular story would be? Okay. Uh, oh, I, I got one. I got one. So my grandparents, they both are Christian, but they also do have some differences and opinions when it comes down to Christianity, like everyone else. But I remember growing up, my grandparents would always talk about baptism. And my grandfather, he was baptized at least a good four, five, five times. And my grandmother, she would always tell him, she, she would always be like, well, I believe that you don't need to be baptized four or five different times in order to maintain your salvation. And that's the, why my grandfather got baptized several times, because he said, well, I did some things that he felt guilty in his conscience. So he was like, I, I feel like I need to get baptized again. And also uh, save my salvation. And so they talked about baptism a lot. And that was an interesting topic that definitely was was talked about being raised. And I definitely feel like it was interesting because at the end of the day, I definitely had my own perspective and my own opinion, basically saying that basically when you become a Christian, your life obviously does change. And so my grandparents also said as well that their lives were definitely completely different before they became a Christian. And so basically learning similar to this situation, it also taught me that, okay, when you do become a Christian, you are supposed to try and you are supposed to change your, your old ways and your old habits in order to become, you know, more, more Christ-like. And so I definitely can say I do live by that today. I, I try to clean up my wrongs. You know, I always try to clean up any any bad habits or anything like that, I always try to clean it up and, and don't let them become a habit. And so I definitely can say that that played an effect for, for me. And just for the record, guys, he's talking about his maternal grandparents. He is blessed to have four grandparents that are all alive, which is a tremendous blessing. He has three grandparents in Louisiana and one grandparent in Chicago. And so that's just a blessing all the way around. Something that I want to mention that you shared, son, is about baptism. I will be dropping this link in the show notes talking about salvation and how we are sealed until the day of redemption, which is a tremendous assurance. That's a blessing that we have from the Father is that, you know, once we have accepted Christ as our Savior, that is an outward sign that we show that we have accepted Christ as our Savior and we get baptized. And so I have a few links for you guys on that in the show notes talking about baptism. And something else that I want to mention on is my son talked about that I was raised Pentecostal. To be specific, I was raised United Pentecostal. And now we are non-denominational, which is a branch of Pentecostal. It's a branch of the apostolic doctrine, which was what Jesus taught to the disciples. And so we do still have a branch of that rooted within us today. And so 
I must say I am saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And so that is something that was taught to me in my childhood. And I definitely appreciate that legacy. And so a few more things I want to branch on about this particular scripture, son. First of all, thank you so much for these good response that you're giving. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Is that on the wall, this scripture was actually written on the wall at Word of God Academy. We call it WOGA. <laughs> Once a WOGA parent, always a WOGA parent. So shout out to WOGA in Shreveport, Louisiana. Is that this scripture was written on the wall in the King James Version. And so remember, Nick, you and I, we had a conversation and we were talking about train up a child in the way that he should go and grow. And when he is old, he will not depart. So can you share with us, what does that scripture mean to you being a kingdom kid and raised as a kingdom kid? I mean, what does that scripture mean to you in response? I definitely would say uh, it gives you everything in terms of parenting and how are you parenting? And I definitely can't tell you how I would be a parent and how I see parenting is I see a parent as being the gardener. I see a parent as the gardener when it comes down to to raising children and children are seeds. So as a gardener and as a parent, your job is to help grow the seed. Your job is to provide for the seed. Your job is to give the seed and the child everything that that seed needs in order to grow. As a parent and as a gardener, we don't have the option. You don't have the option to decide, okay, what I want the seed to be. I want the seed to grow into an apple tree. I want it to become this in life. We don't have that option. Mm -hmm. So I definitely would say that scripture basically is saying you as a gardener, your job is to do everything and provide everything for the child as a seed and give it everything that it needs so that when it becomes and it grows, it needs to be what it needs to be. You definitely know that you as a gardener, you, you, did, you did your best to train it up as well as possibly can. Now, this is a good question because you got your parents sitting with you as we're recording this. What would you say are some of the traits that you learned from your parents, your mother and your father, and how did they help in your development according to this scripture? This scripture says that that's what they do to train them up. How did that help in your development process? Oh, that's a good question right there. It is. <laughs> I definitely can tell you from my mother, I've always seen my mother work most of her life, especially when I was a kid. As a kid, I spent a lot of time in my grandparents' house during the weekdays. They, they helped take me to school. And that was because my mother, she was working. She worked, you know, under private city. So definitely, that's probably one of the biggest things I've seen and learned from, from my mother is definitely just working, working for, for your family, you know, at, by all means, at all costs. The working in that village. That's okay. Okay. Everything in order to provide for, for your family. I can also say the same thing for my father as well. Uh, AKA said, Pops. Yeah, my Pops. <laughs> Him as well. He, he definitely has has that working that working mentality when it comes down for the family. You have to do everything in your power in order to provide for your family. And so those those definitely are one of the biggest, yeah, biggest things that I definitely keep in myself today is is that all cause work hard for, for your family. That work hard. And talking about work hard, you guys, I'm gonna take this moment to get a little bit transparent. If you guys don't know my story, I'm going to share a little bit on our story, and we're going to transition into co-parenting. And so to be honest, when I had my son, I was young. I was on an internship of a lifetime, and I even considered not having my son. I was My son already knows this story, so it's no surprise to him. I was afraid and I was fearful and I was raised in this Pentecostal background with a two-parent household and I was just like, God, am I capable of being a good mother at such a young age? And I want to take this moment to speak to every mother that is considering not having their child because they feel they don't qualify. I am the product and the testimony of having a village and also co-parenting. And so getting into that story, I was a young teenager dating my high school sweetheart, and we have the love of our life. And so at the beginning, there was some friction there. 
You know, it was not ideally what we imagined it to be. But can I tell you guys one thing is that when we create plans, that God works everything together for the good, according to Romans 8 and 28, according to his will and his purpose. And I'm sharing this to say that God has a higher purpose for us. He has a higher will. And part of his assignment for our life was co-parenting. And so I transitioned from being a single mother in Louisiana to California and began co-parenting with his father. I tell you guys, it was not always easy, but thank God we had a common denominator, which is our church, all members of Faithful, and not just our church, there was Christ in the midst. And so there was moments where um, where I had to humble myself, you know, there were moments where his father had to humble himself, but we both together as parents put our differences aside to come together and made amends to raise our son. And so Nicodemus, Nico, it's his cool name. Nico is the little nickname I gave him when he was young, is the product of co-parenting. And so I encourage you guys today, if you're listening and you're wondering, you know, how do you do this thing? I'm gonna just share a few tips in the parenting process as a co-parent is that you're gonna have to forgive. Forgiveness is a tool that's even used in the Our Father prayer. This is something that the Lord talks about on a regular basis. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Forgive us of our debts. That's the first thing we're asking for, forgiveness of ourselves. And debts doesn't always mean money. You know, it can mean other things. So we're asking for this forgiveness. And that's the that's one of the main ingredients that you need in the co-parenting process. And so I just want to share that nugget. You guys know I'm all about ministry and I'm all about being transparent. And so if you want to read some additional information on the tips and tools that I learned from co-parenting to entrepreneurship, I wrote a blog on it. It's on my website called McCoyMarketingSolutions.com. And I will drop that link for you in the show notes on parenting, the lessons that I learned from parenting to entrepreneurship. So son, I just said a mouthful. Do you have any comments or anything you want to share on what I just shared? Yes, I definitely wanted to say uh, when you mentioned about abortion, you actually had that run through your mind when you when you were pregnant with me. And obviously recently, today in, in our society, the Roe versus Wade case was overturned. That basically changed a lot, obviously, for a lot of women because a lot of women no longer have the right in order to get an abortion. And I definitely want to say personally, I completely disagree <laughs> with the turning for the abortion. Even though me personally, <clears throat> I am not, I, I know that I wouldn't want to have an abortion. And that is due to my personal beliefs. I feel that if I end up being in a scenario or in a situation where have a girl well we don't want it to be a girlfriend i don't want to be married you know but if there's a situation let's say hypothetically a situation where i have a girlfriend that ended up coming pregnant i know personally i wouldn't want to have that abortion because i see having an abortion and for me will be the child paying for my decisions i feel like that would be me taking the child's life when i was the one who decided you know to take the risk and and you know to end up having having a child. So I know personally I wouldn't have an abortion, but I definitely do believe that the right should be able to be accessible for women easily, you know, because sadly there are women that end up becoming pregnant through a rape, through um through scenarios where they they don't want to have the child. And so I definitely want to touch on that when you when you mentioned abortion and saying that I definitely do think that women should have the right to to have an abortion. Right, right. Well, son, that's a powerful statement. Well, I can't say that it's true about that. I believe that women are entitled to their right, their rights. I believe as well that there are some stipulations that should be in place. You know, I am not promoting an abortion at nine months. 
first of all, before we even get to the abortion process, there should be more things in place to help women understand, even when, when having sex, you know, having sex before marriage, the, the deeper topics, you know, what does it mean with soul ties? There should be conversations in our country about using protection and being safe in this area if you choose to go against biblical principles. Now, biblical principles do say what is honorable is between a man and a woman. You guys heard the way I said that. It is honorable between a man and a woman's marriage, you know, and that that bed is undefiled. And so that is the proper way and channel that children should come through. But since we do know that we do not live in a perfect society, and with that being said, there should be tools in place to help people, to help women when making these type of decisions, tools. And it's what, one of the things that's so interesting to me on this topic, son, is that people can talk about... Are you looking for a coach who understands that you're building a business to serve a purpose and make an impact on people's lives? Perhaps your business needs a chief brand evangelist to positively represent your products and services in today's marketplace. If you've answered yes, it's no coincidence you have come to the right place. More like a divine connection. McCoy Marketing Solutions is more than a traditional marketing firm. We advocate for your business with integrated marketing concepts, connecting biblical principles to business concepts, and directly target your market with the real McCoy. This is done by providing digital marketing solutions through marketing consultations, brand management, event marketing planning, and social media marketing planning as well. Click the link in the show notes to join McCoy Solutions University, Kingdompreneur Community, then introduce yourself with a free 30-minute discovery phone call today. Now back to the show the emphasis of this case, but there are a lot more pressing issues that should be addressed in our country connected to children. And so one of the things I want to say, America, who's listening to this and across the world globally, is that we should be challenged to address topics to help women and men in our society to cope with any area they fall in, in ministry and in life. And so I I strongly hope that there are programs that are accessible specifically on this topic to educate one, educate from a spiritual perspective what happens and as well as educate from a, a, a natural perspective on what's happening. So that is, that, that is a powerful topic, guys. And so another thing that I want to share, my son mentioned that there are cases where women have been raped, molested, abused, misused. And I do believe that there should be different choices. There should be different things in place to help those women when things like that does occur. I want to transition a little bit more now with our story, son. So now we're in California. Through our story, you see now that on this, and I like to deliver things, guys, like a timeline. And so we have transitioned now to California. I took this leap of faith. My son actually went to California in 2015, and I successfully landed to California in 2016. Many people, including my son, I'm doing quote unquote, like to believe that I was following my son wherever he goes. Mama gonna show up. I do like to believe that it, some of that is true. <laughs> and I also like to believe too that God ordained that relationship. And one of the things that I wanna talk about son that I believe that were so impactful in your life while I was there. Can you guess what I'm gonna say? It's, it's, it's an organization that's connected to the ministry that all of us are connected to. Who you think I'm about to give a shout out to son? Who you think? What you think I'm going to say? God. God. No, it is an organization, which means it's a program connected to the ministry that all the church where all of us attend. ROP. Come on, ROP in the house. 
I must say ROP guys stands for rites of passage. I'll drop that link there for you guys in the show notes and rites of passage specifically work with young boys that are between the ages of 12 to 15. And my son went through this program in 2018. What life lessons can you share from that eight month program, son, on how it helped contribute to who you are today as a young man? Wow, rites of passage, rites of passage. (laughs) I definitely can't say (laughs) being a teenager and being where I was at that stage in my life, I was very resistant in the beginning stages. I feel like most typical teens would, you know, um, your mom or your dad, they they call you up one day and they say, yeah, we're going to put you in like this military-style Christian-like program. You know, most teens, they're not going to want (laughs) to join a program like that. So I, of course, was resistant when I first joined. But I definitely can't say give it to it. You know, you give it a try and you definitely will learn something. But the biggest thing that Rites of Passage was for me was basically just connections. You know, being able to be surrounded by other people my age, being able to see other older elders and older mentors, being able to talk to them. That's that's what it all, that's definitely the biggest thing that I took, took it as for, you know, just it was nice to be able to have connections, you know, and, and being able to, to see other men like me and, and talk to other men like me as well, or teens as well. That, that definitely was the biggest, the biggest thing Rites of Passage was for me, which I enjoyed. Do you have any stories like from the drill camps or from, you know, surprise birthday shout outs or visiting the college campuses or military campuses? Do you have any specific story that you could share, any mentorship, anything that you could share from Rites of Passage? Any specific story? Let me think of one. Definitely, I can. My goodness. Hmm. Yeah, we definitely did go on, obviously, trips. And on those trips, we we just had a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, it, it was a lot of fun on those trips. I guess I definitely would say just preparing for graduation. The, the graduation ceremony was was an interesting day. Because a ceremony when, when we were graduating, that's definitely when all of the sergeants, all of the mentors were there and, that day was different because the way how we made it to the finish line, you know, when we made it to the finish line. The sergeants looked at us all different. They looked at us as, wow, now you guys have made it. Now we're sending you out into the world. And I definitely can, can, can tell you that day was, yeah, that day was probably one of the days I remember. I think I might remember the most. Yeah. It's, yeah, I can't, I can't seem to think of any conversations specifically that I had because it was so, such a blur back then. But I definitely can tell you at least that ceremony day, that ceremony day when we were crossing the stage and we had our mothers there, everyone was proud of us. You know, everyone was proud of us because they looked at us and they were like, you guys made it through, you know, no matter how many Saturdays, how many days you, you came and you really didn't have a choice, you know, you made it through. And so that day is one day that I really do remember is how proud they were of us at graduation. Okay. I don't know, guys, if my son's been a little shy on camera, but I want to share a little bit more on graduation. Just give you guys some of the history. Our bishop, Kenneth Omer, was actually founded Rites of Passage over over 22 years ago. And so what happened was he took some of the practices that were done in Africa. When a young boy becomes a young man, he goes off with his father. And then he comes back, he spends some time out there a few months, and then he comes back to the village. And and then he celebrated. And so the graduation ceremony at Faithful Central Bible Church with rites of passage is a time of celebration. Like my son said, They've completed the program, they're celebrating. And so a few things that happen in that ceremony is that each one of the mothers have an opportunity to speak into their son life. They, this, in, the, in our ceremony, we able to, we're able to give our son a Bible. We were escorted by our sons. And, and this is just a, a piece where we're saying that, congratulations, son, you have welcome back. And just to share a brief of my testimony, 
for me, I felt like this ceremony was just as serious as a wedding, a baby being born, or any major event that could occur in your life. And so for me, the Lord starts speaking to me like, you're going to have to let your son go. You're going to have to begin transitioning, you know, from him being a little babe underneath your wings, transitioning into a young man. And so at the time he was 16, he had just turned, to be honest, he had just turned 17, I believe, because the graduation was in November and his birthday was in October, but you have to be 16 to be in the program. So it was his last year and opportunity to be in that program. So he was, he had just had his birthday. And so God started dealing with me a lot. And so again, I want to speak to you mothers. When God is speaking to you about your children, about things that you have to do, those things are hard and they're challenging. If you need some help with that, reach out to me. I'm at ministry, M-I-N-I-S-T-R-Y at McCoyMarketingSolutions.com. If you need words of prayer, encouragement with this process, that's what we're here for. And so Rice of Passage was not just a blessing through that eight months. That program served us so well that I came back to serve and Nicodemus came back to serve too. And one of the stories that I want to mention specifically is that Nicodemus came back to share his experience as a mentor and an alumni of the program. And one of his experiences he shared, I'm going to see, I'm going to let you tell the story, son, and see if you remember, was the experience your football experience how going through football do you remember sharing any of this story with I, the do, I do remember a little bit of uh hearing that story okay. do you have time to share us the snapshot version so how can that i believe i believe that'll bless some young men that are listening that story you know connecting to you as a mentor it'll speak to your leadership traits Share a little bit of that story with us. Okay, I definitely do remember being in high school at the time, and there were new incoming, a lot of new incoming freshmen when I was a, a alumni and a mentor. And I remember telling them, I was like, yeah, my first couple of years of high school, I remember telling them, I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely remember that. I remember telling them, I was like, yeah, you know, coming into high school, especially being out here in L.A., it's everything is coming for you. You know, you got I mean, everything is coming for you. You got like what? What's the everything song? Tell us. <laughs> you got the girls. <laughs> okay. You got the, you got the lifestyle. You have like a whole a lot of new experiences that are different from high school in terms of the people that you hang out with. You got a lot of different people coming from different parts of LA, from from more up, upper class neighborhoods as well as the hood, as well as the lower income neighborhoods. So your experiences are just gonna be drastic because you can basically in a, in a day of high school a day of high school so many things can happen you can end up hanging out with a person like that from a neighborhood like the hood for example and you can also end up hanging from a person from the suburbs and uh, there's there's just a lot of i'm trying to keep it definitely christian i'm trying to keep the christian right you know, a little transparent with us you know transparent the realness is what allow people to work to relate and to connect and being real, hence my name, Shamika the Real McCoy. My son is a McCoy also. And being being real helps connect, you know, with, with people. And so what would you like to share? PG 13 version. PG 13, I'll just I'll just list the topics. Drugs. Drugs is is something that's just brought in high school as well. And, and sex. Sex, those are those are two big things that, that can be very common when it comes down to high school. And that's why I was telling the incoming freshmen, the incoming kids that were coming in, I was telling them, look, high school is going to hit you with a lot. Maybe for the first, for a lot of those kids, it's the first time they ever get to see certain things like that, being away from their parents and, and different things like that. And so I was telling them, like, look, you have to be focused. You cannot be distracted and let high school run your life. And that's what I ended up telling myself for me. I actually became a victim of it. You know, I became a victim of not handling my responsibilities my first first year, basically, of high school. 
or my second semester, my second semester of high school. And I ended up paying for it. I ended up being able to miss out on football for the whole entire year, my sophomore year. And that's what I was telling them. I was telling them, like, yeah, you know, you have to stay focused. You have to – it's okay to, yeah, have fun and go out and party sometimes, but you have to make sure that your responsibilities are in order and your responsibilities are in check. And so that's definitely what I was telling those young mentors about what high school is. You know, I was giving them the real, you know, letting them know, like, look, you got you to gotta be focused. Stay, stay focused through it. Okay, keep it real, keep it real. So you could say that your experiences and you went down the wrong path. You know, the word says that wide is the road to destruction, but the Lord brought you on back in, brought you back in, you know, after you, because there is one thing I want to share with you guys is that for every reaction, for every response that you do, there is a consequence towards your actions. There's something, everything that you do, you have to own up to it. That's what I was looking for. Thank you, Lord, is that life is about choices. You remember me talking about that, Nick? And the choices that you make, it's the choices that you have to live with. And one of the things that our own Heavenly Father does not stop is that God does show grace on us, but we also have to respond from the repercussions of our actions to teach us lessons so that we could grow and learn from that. And so one of the things I've noticed in my son at a young age is that his gift to be a leader. It's so amazing is that he has the ability. And one of the things I want to let you guys know is that your gifts are without repentance, which means you're born with your gifts and some gifts and to exercise your skill set, it is wise to take additional training and also use tools where you are exercising your skills and your gifting. And one of the gifts Nicodemus has, what do you think I'm going to say, son? Oh, yeah, you just said being a leader. Right, a being a leader. That's exactly what I was saying. I was just testing you, son, to see what you paying attention while your mama talking. I was just testing you, babe. Y'all, I'll be testing my son sometime. I'll be asking him what I said before. And it's the mama and me stepping up. Right, it's leadership traits. And so his leadership traits has led him down the wrong path. I've seen him lead kids in a negative way. And I've also seen him lead kids in a positive way. And one of the things going back to this scripture, it says that as a parent, it's our responsibility to discern and to develop those leadership traits. And so anything else, son, that you'd like to mention about leadership before I transition into the next topic? Uh, leadership, wow. Are any other gifts that you operate in that you would like to share that you believe will be a blessing to the audience? Okay. I would say definitely, I'll mention this, I definitely would say being in high school, there's, there's basically this normality that everyone has. You know, everyone has... Like basically everyone has this opinion. Okay. This is how everyone should act. And this normality can also be, you know, transferred into the world, basically saying that there are certain things that, oh, you might not typically do, like let's say outside of your profession, you know, like your profession, what do most people usually do? They end up graduating high school, going to college, then starting their careers. And that's how they live their life. That's a typical American normality. And I definitely will tell you, it's the same thing within high school. High school, they have this normality of how you should act and the person you should be. Could be based on your ethnicity. It could be. It could be based on anything. And I definitely would tell you, you will find yourself in some moments thinking that there's things outside of this normality that I want to do. And I definitely would tell you, those are most more than likely your dreams and the things that you should definitely do the most. Whatever, basically away from the crowd. Whatever you want to do personally that you feel like, oh, this is different. You know, this is this is something if I tell people I'm going to do this, most people are going to be like, oh, you shouldn't do that. You know, this that's not normal or whatever's on unorthodox. I definitely would tell you, don't be afraid to try it. Because you definitely will find yourself in those moments. And more than likely, those are your dreams and the things that you accomplish right there. Well, you'll feel the most proud of those right there. So basically, don't be afraid to to step out of the normality sometimes. Oh, that's a good lesson. Don't be afraid to step out in what is quote unquote to be normal. 
so that you can learn more about your gifts, learn more about life, you know, and connecting that process. Nick, both of your parents are entrepreneurship. And that's a little bit of our last topic today is that I love it that, that Rice, not Rice of Passage, but Faithful Central has a young adult ministry. Not a young, they have a young adult ministry, but what I was getting to is they have a middle school ministry. And the middle school ministry does scholarship courses and skill sets that they teach their kids. Nicodemus has the privilege of being with parents who are entrepreneurs. And so just a little bit of my story, when I started business eight years ago as an entrepreneur, my son is right, I was working nights. And so I will work nights and get off every night and take my son to school every day. And so if I miss anything in between, which was very rare, I would take him to school was very rare. I would have his parents, his grandparents to come in and take him. But in that time, in that process, doing private city, that's my first job as an independent contractor um, coming in underneath my mother's wings is I've learned to admit uh, multiple lessons as an entrepreneur. And one of the biggest ones is the discipline that it takes to work hard to be an entrepreneur, having multiple streams of income and working, trying to discover, you know, what entity to start, what, what skill sets, learning about websites, you know, the graphic design, learning about how to network, how is my business operationally going to function? What administrative tasks did I need to keep it moving and how to network to bring in more leads? And so Nicodemus is in the midst of all of this good stuff going on. I mean, from myself being a marketer to helping his dad as a camera assistant, you know, in entrepreneurship. What are some of the stories that you would share being a kingdom kid, a kingdompreneur is what I say, being a kid of a parent who's entrepreneurs, any lessons or anything you want to share on that? I definitely say it corroborates with, with what I just mentioned earlier about stepping stepping out of the normality as Isaiah profession. Since you guys are entrepreneurs, that is like stepping out of the normality. That's that's basically, yeah, you know, you, you're deciding like, okay, I'm not going to do the typical route of going to school and college. You're going to try it on your own, create your own business. And so, yeah, that's, that's a blessing to be able to, to be able to try it. And like you said as well, it's not easy, you know. It, it honestly, I feel like it'll be harder taking that route than to just taking school and getting a degree and pick whatever career you would like. And so, yeah, I, I definitely, yeah, you, you hit right on the money. Both my parents that they're entrepreneurs and they're doing everything they can to create their own businesses. And so I've obviously, obviously been here to be able to see that and see both of them pretty much just yeah, start from the bottom and creating their businesses. Just another shout out to give to my son again, because I offered this to him before. So I'm going to offer it again on camera and it's recorded. Is that I do offer opportunities for interns in my business, as well as to receive college credits. I've worked with college students in Louisiana, as well as in California, where you can work with my business, McCoy Marketing Solutions, and come on as an intern to receive credit. So if you're interested in that process, shoot me over an email. It's ministry, M-I-N-I-S-T-R-Y at McCoyMarketingSolutions.com. And so son, I just want to let you know it's some internship that's still available for you. If you're interested in working with your mom, I know you're doing your own thing out there in California. If you're interested, it's still available for you as well as to the listeners. Contact me if you're interested. And the specific roles that you will be working in is an internship. So if you are in journalism, this will be a good feel for you as a content marketer, writing content. If you're a graphic designer, this is a good opportunity to design graphics. If you have skill set with digital marketing, you know, and using algorithms behind the scenes with, on social media, creating sales funnels, all those process, working websites. If I hit you on any of those areas, 
This is a good platform and opportunity to connect with me. And if you're looking for a, a specific information on that application process, I utilize Handshake with colleges all over the US. And you'll see the profile description information for the, in, for the intern for shift on Handshake. So just shout out with that. So son, is there anything else that you wanna share? Any nuggets that you wanna speak into anybody's life before you go into prayer? Any closing remarks, son? Any closing remarks? Oh man, let me see. I guess I, I did say, uh, man, I think I would say, uh, yeah, I, I feel like one of the biggest things I mentioned is not being afraid to to do what, what you want to do, you know, do what you feel best, you know, in terms of your dreams, you know, having dreams, those are what, what makes life worth it. You know, those, those goals that you set up for yourself, that makes, that makes everything worth it. And I definitely would tell you, no, don't be afraid to go for that. Don't be afraid to go for your own dreams and your own personal achievements. Don't expect it to be easy, obviously. Because <laughs> even I feel like if it was easy, you might sit back and be like, this is really kind of easy to accomplish. You might not be that satisfied with it. So, yeah, I guess my closing remark, which I definitely would say is, you know, find, find your passion, find what you're into the most. And, yeah, don't be afraid to go for it. Don't and be afraid. afraid to go for it. That's good. That's good. I love that song. So many things I usually just share in different ways, but some of my closing remarks is I want to share some blessings on my son. As I stated throughout this process, this interview that I just had with him, I shared about how I was afraid to become a parent, to become a mother, to say yes to it based on my different views and my different opinions. So you guys want to know some of those things I said, you're going to have to hit the rewind button. But some of the things how my son was a blessing to me is that he allowed me to see the world from a different perspective. I remember serving on parent-teacher fellowship, PTL, at his school, might be PTA at your school, but I remember serving there and being able to be closer to him. And I was the parliamentarian in that program with PTF. And so being more active and being on campus, I was able to connect with teachers and connect with other students. I even remember a time when my son got a little shy about me eating lunch with him. He was like, don't eat lunch with me. I was like, cool. So I still came to lunch. I was just sitting at the other table until he realized that our table was a little crumb. Our table was a little crunk. He came by there a few times. But I've learned so many life lessons from my son. The ability to, to press through, you know, to press through on the other side. My son taught me skills on how to be brave, how to do things afraid, you know, how to set my goals and some of my desires aside. And honestly, I thought, all I had to set them completely aside, but I actually worked those goals at a slower pace, but it was a consistent pace, which I kept going, which means that while I had my son, I stayed in school till I graduated. You know, it took me a longer, it took me 11 years, you know, with some years, one class a, a semester to graduate, but the consistency, the press to press through and keep going. These are skill sets that I learned through being a parent and from my son. And so moving to California, OMG, we had, we had a few differences. I'm gonna tell you the truth. My son wasn't all for me moving there. But once I got there, we had the opportunity. We went through counseling sessions with me, him, and his dad. You know, we went through different things that we had to work through and address, you know, to learn about each other to help us in our life to make decisions. And one thing I will say is I do not regret it, not one bit. And so some of it was scary, super scary. I'm talking about tear, crying, sweating, sometimes being a cussing Christian. Some of it was scary. Do you hear what I'm saying? But God was with us through that whole process. And so my final nugget in between is how do you execute this mother-son relationship or how do you execute challenges? This might be, we might have a part two, who knows? You know, 
How do you execute when faced with challenges in your life, in your business? How do you still continue to move forward? And one of the greatest tools, I will tell you guys, how you move forward is having faith. And faith is the substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. And I'm actually turning to my Bible. I want to share this point, the amplified version. It's in Hebrews. It's the scripture of faith. You guys give me just a moment. I'm going to close out with this scripture talking about faith. You guys know it's in the New Testament. Some of my pages could get a little sticky here. I go old school sometimes, guys, and use my Bible here. It's the Amplified Version of Faith. Here's the scripture, Amplified Version. It's Hebrews 11 and 1. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And just a little bit on that, the commentary says, do you remember how you felt when you were young and it was your birthday was approaching? You were excited and anxious. You knew you would certainly receive a gift and other special treats, but something would be a, some things would be a surprise. Birthdays confirm, birthdays combine assurance and anticipation, and so does faith. Now, faith is the confidence based on past experiences, based on past experiences. We talked a little bit about this, that God new and fresh surprises will surely be ours. And so that's what you have to do. You have to look at your track worker with God, track workers where you use faith to hope for something in your life. But this particular case, ours is mine is parenting. That's a big part of my entire life is parenting. I have spent over half of my life parenting. And I can say that God has a good track record by utilizing this scripture of faith in the parenting process. And so guys, I hope that today, bless you guys, as I'm reading out in closing, I feel really led to lead a little bit more of this same scripture. It says two words to describe faith, confidence and assurance. These two qualities need a secure beginning and ending point. The beginning point of faith is believing in God's character. He is who he says. The end point is believing in God's promises. He will do what he says. And when we believe that God will fulfill his promises, even though we don't see those promises materializing yet, we demonstrate true faith. Also see John 20, 24 through 31. Anything else you want to comment on that scripture, son, the confidence, assurance, faith in closing? I mean, it's a good scripture, you know, so I, I always can say scripture, it just gives it to you plain, you know, it's, you can't really have too many questions about it. It says it right there, it gives it to you plain, so, okay. you know. I agree with the scripture. So son, I'm going to uh, pray a little bit in closing and then I'll transition to let you pray in closing. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this opportunity, this time and talent for us to be transparent, to have a real, raw and relevant conversation. I thank you so much for my son and his life. I thank you for every gift that you have placed in him. And I thank you that his gifts will make room for him as well as the listeners and bring them before great men. I thank you for the time that he took out to sit and speak with his mama today, just on various topics and timelines on his life thus far. I thank you, Lord God, for his father. I thank you, Lord God, that the example that he is to him there in Los Angeles, California. I thank you for all four of his grandparents, and I just thank you for the village. I thank you for rites of passage, Faithful Central. I thank you for his aunts. I thank you for the village that it has taken to bring him to where he is today at this point in his life. Lord God, I pray not only for my son, but also for other listeners. 
other boys that are in rites of passage right now, globally around the world, other listeners, other young boys and young girls who are listening. I pray that there were words that were shared to minister to them in their life as well. And I'm going to transition in prayer for Nicodemus on the closing remarks. Oh, thank you, God, for just letting us be able to come here together today, God, and being able to let us have this time available to us. Thank you, God, for the words that were said, that we were blessed to be able to receive the knowledge that we were able to receive. Thank you, God, for peace of mind. Thank you, God, for, for all of the blessings that, that you have done for us. Lord, I also want to say um, God bless the others out there in the world listening, others out there that need comfort, they need peace of mind, they need faith, they need whatever it is that they do need in their life. I want to thank you, God, just, just for being you, just for being able to provide the knowledge for us. And we hope that is being able to be spread to, to the right ears. And uh, thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us. You can connect with me on all social media platforms. And if you have any questions, be sure to email me at ministry, M-I-N-I-S-T-R-Y, at McCoyMarketingSolutions.com. Be blessed and have a great day. You want to wave bye, son? Till next time, deuces. Yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode at What's Your Ministry Podcast. Don't forget, real ministry goes beyond the Sunday morning podium into our everyday lives. Connect with us at McCoy Solutions University and at McCoy Solutions underscore on all digital platforms. Have a blessed day.